Hello and welcome to the message number 15. This is a really good one and it's entitled, You Are Influential. May you be encouraged and inspired by this talk. This is the Bible passage for the talk. It's Luke chapter 14, verses 1 and then 7 to 14. Jesus at a Pharisee's house. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was, he was being carefully watched. When Jesus noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all your fellow guests. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his hosts, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So let us pray. Lord, we really do love you and uh, we are just so encouraged that you have such faith in us. And we pray as we gather around your word today that you may inspire us and comfort us and challenge us to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's so lovely to be here today, and I would like to talk to you today about you are influential. You are influential. Yes, you. You are influential. People are watching you, and they are seeing what do you do. You may not think that. You may think, oh, they're not watching me. They may be watching the vicar, but you are being watched by other people. Did you know that the most introverted person in the whole world will influence at least 50,000 people in their lifetime? 50,000 people. Imagine how many more people are influenced by you, for better or for worse. It says, doesn't it, in the Bible that we are Christ's ambassador, Jesus' ambassador. In other words, we are his representatives. I remember uh, once um, there was a a lady in the church and she used to be very influenced by the vicar and by the way that uh, the vicar acted. And when they had a grumpy vicar, she thought, oh, God's not happy with us. When she had a happy vicar, 
she thought, wow, God's really happy with us. I wonder what you may think through me. Maybe God's a bit enthusiastic. But in this interim, which we are in, I don't want us to lose this, this interim that could go on for a long time or a short time, I want to encourage you that you are gifted and people long to see and be influenced by you. I just want to say at the beginning, and I know the wardens uh, would agree, and the PTC too, is that we encourage you to join us, but also jump in. We want to be influenced by you to help others. So, what does the passage today teach us about we are influential, but people are watching us to see if it's worthy of their time to follow you. You see, the degree of your influence for this church, for this community, depends, I think, a lot on three questions which Jesus is asking his followers in the passage today, who is asking us, not just you, but me too. You see, Jesus is at this meal, and uh, I love the fact that Jesus is recorded eating a lot. And he notices, doesn't he, that the people of honour try to get the best places. Not only are people watching you, but God is watching you and I too. And he is quite taken aback. That, wow, these people really do want to have the best seats. They want to look important. They want to look special. And so he shares two stories. And when Jesus shares two stories, it's time to sit up. He shares that story of a wedding, which I think all of us here, including his listeners, would have understood. Of course, at a wedding, you would take the, the best seats. You know the best seats are for the bride and the groom and, and for the close wedding party. Then why do we in life try to take the best places? And then secondly, Jesus gives us that huge challenge to invite those who are poor. Three questions I give you to the people who are out in the community, the people who, who are watching you in your family, in, in, on social media. Three questions I give you. People are watching you because you are influential. And the first question they ask is, are you trustworthy? Are you trustworthy? People, as I mentioned in this story at the very beginning, took the top places. And I wonder, when people come into church for the first time, or when people come into your life for the first time, I wonder how they are treated you may think, oh, it's, it's just my, my mannerisms, it's just me. But God, I believe, is encouraging us to think of that question. Am I trustworthy? You see, in the passage, Jesus has noticed that these people all want to be first in the queue. They want to be the top of the tree. They want to be first and others second. I remember my training comment whenever we had a... Um, an event at the church, he used to always say to me, FHB. And I thought, what does he mean, FHB? And he would say, family hold back. I don't know if you've ever used that phrase before. But when you have a um, 
family round or when you have guests round, you allow them to have the first drinks or the first food. My children always say to me, why do they get it first? It's not fair. They are guests. Jesus is saying to us, if we want to be influential, trustworthy, we've got to treat others as guests in our lives. But why do we always try to be first? Why do we always think, why is that person ahead of me when I should be ahead of them? I think there's something within us, whether we are 20 or 50 or 100, there's still something within us that says, I want to be special. I want to be remembered. And that's why I want to be first. Things don't change much between us being a child and being an adult. You know that too. There's something within us that wells up. I was with a taxi driver this week and I was, he was talking to me about a vicar who was doing the complete opposite. He was being like a Uriah Heap and he was uh, trying to please, this taxi driver was telling me, he was trying to please this bishop as if he was like a royalty. He was like bowing down saying your worshipfulness and so forth. But he was ignoring other people. I want to encourage you that whoever you are with to treat them the same. Are you trustworthy? We have a baptism family that's coming afterwards, a beautiful family, and they're gonna have a wider community gonna gather here. And they are gonna ask that question when they come into the church. Is this church trustworthy? I wonder if we can answer that. You see, we don't need to be first. Jesus is so taken aback. He has taken away all of our pain. He has died on the cross and rose again for us. We don't need to try and be first. And yet something within us says, I want to be first. Like if you're in Morrison's, you may take, let's take it down like a few pegs. And you're in Morrison's and you're queuing. And the, the, for some reason, the, the queue next to them has got a little bit shorter. So you move over to that queue there. And you start queuing and feel I'm going to get there sooner. But then the person behind you has jumped into that queue and they get the scene before you. And you think something is not fair. Jesus is saying to us that we have to be countercultural and allow others to take the better seats. It is hard. But I believe it's so much calmer and much more peaceful if we stop struggling and trying to be the first, trying to be above others. Jesus says to us, I want you to relax. People are influenced so much more by people who are relaxed than, than by people who are cross or angry. People like Mother Teresa, Dalai Lama, the, 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 the wonders, the shakers of the world are not politicians or pop stars or uh, people with loads of money, but it's people with an influence that says others are better than myself. So Jesus is saying to us today, I believe, and I'm saying it in a, maybe a longer-winded way than I wish, are you trustworthy? The second question I believe Jesus gives us as well is that the fact that you are influential, you are someone who's an ambassador of Christ, 
Don't, don't belittle yourself. You are very important. God is so proud of you. But the second question he gives us today from this passage is this. Will you pass the test? Will you pass the test? Now, I know some people may have done the GCSEs and A-levels. I'm not talking quite like that. But throughout the Bible, there are many tests that God gives us. And people are watching us and thinking, are these people passing the test? In other words, if they say they're a Christian, if they say they follow Jesus, are they passing the tests that come their way? Unfortunately, Jesus has passed the, the greatest test of all. He died and rose again for us. And that is brilliant. And we do stumble and fall. But God has given us his Bible to ensure that we do pass these tests. That's why when we read Psalm 23, it's not just there as a, as, as a lovely psalm, even though it is. But it is revision for when you do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil. When you read the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, it's lovely to read that on Sundays, but that is preparation for you so that when you come across a test such as lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, you are ready and poised. So Jesus in this passage here gives us a parable so that we pass the test that is in front of us. The test of humility. Now, I know the minute anyone says they are humble, they have they've failed the test. I understand that. But Jesus still says, I want you to have that within you, a depth of humility. Because that is so much more influential than anything else that you do. The reason why we don't take the lower seats, the reason why we don't, we're not humble or, 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 or try to... Uh, trying to be a little bit humble but really still hold on to the steering wheel is because we are afraid that we're going to lose control. Jesus says, I want you to sit in the passenger seat. I want to drive your life. Now that's dangerous, allowing Jesus to drive your life. Because what Jesus does is he takes you on an adventure, even in your older years, if you're an Abraham or Sarah in your 80s and 90s, you've still got adventures in you. If you are a Jeremiah, as we read today, there are still adventures in you. If you're in the middle, like myself, there are so many adventures that Jesus wants to take you on. Jesus is saying in this passage here, by taking the lower seat, are you able to let me take control? Will you pass that test? You see, I know when, I, when my children look at me at the moment, they can see they are still grumbling that we've moved to Newcastle, even though I can see all the great things that they are not seeing. And they're constantly looking at me and pressing me to, to basically admit that we, we've made a mistake. They keep on doing that. And I understand what they're trying to do. But on the other side, they're trying to see, is what Daddy and Mummy have done, moving to Newcastle, is it the right thing? People may ignore your Christian faith. They may ridicule your Christian faith. They, they may be a little bit curious about your Christian faith. Or completely silent. But they are asking and looking, 
does this make a difference? Are they passing the test, i.e. this one of humility, or there could be one of joy, or there could be one of compassion? Are they passing these tests? You see, I believe the PCC and myself and the whole of this church have got this challenge ahead of us as the heating crisis keeps on occurring. Are we going to pass the test for this community? Or are we just going to lock the doors and say, sorry, we can't help? I believe this passage has come at the right time to ask us that question. Jesus wants us to pass the test. Be kind to yourself. The way you treat others is the way you treat yourself. And if people see you as someone who's selfish, someone who loves to keep other people out, people won't want to know about Jesus. They may never read a Bible, but they will read you. The final point I want to make from this passage, Jesus is talking about serving and being humble. And I want to encourage you that you are so influential. The final question I believe people will be asking you this week, whether on social media, whether in the shops or in your family um, community, is this. What difference does Jesus make to your temporary life? What difference does it make? People are, are not so interested these days on the theological grounds. Is God alive? Is God, does God exist? People are not so interested in that. They're more interested in, does it make any difference? Yeah? Jesus gives this passage here at the end. He says, a way to show that this Christian faith makes a difference is to look out for those who are on the margins, to look out for the broken, those who don't have it to give, those who can't pay you back until heaven. You may sometimes think this life is going on forever, and sometimes I do, I think this life continues. My mum, as you know, passed away recently, and I had to go down to Essex to sort out some legal matters. And I went back to her town, and all of these people carried on as if nothing had happened. Oh, they didn't know my mum died, and I didn't expect them to, to be mourning or anything. But the shopkeepers kept selling bread. The bankers kept on uh, giving out money or, 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 or taking people's money. The, the pubs kept on dispensing food and drink. Life continued. And if we don't catch ourselves, we sometimes think that this life is all there is. And I want to encourage you that this life is just the first page of a life that continues forever and ever and ever and gets better and better. And so Jesus is saying to us, don't live like those who do not know me. Those who do not know Jesus say, well, this is it. This is my life. This is my lot. I'll look after me, maybe my family, maybe give a little bit to charity. But that's it. I love Newcastle Cathedral. And if you ever go there, they are punching above their weight in the way that they live out this passage. The way that they look after those who have been in prison and given them a job in their cafe. The way that they look after the homeless and the helpless. 
the way that they have found enough money from somewhere to have a minister just completely devoted to the poor and the marginalised. Now I know that seemed a big task, but I want you to take a leaf out of my book, okay? And, uh, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not holier than thou in any way. I was in a shop the other day, bear in mind um, I was reflecting on this passage. And this Amazon guy came in um, and he was, he was trying to buy some, some, some food, some, a, a can of Coke or something on his, on his uh, device. And the lady in the shop, she had, hadn't really seen a mobile phone before. I think the last one she saw was a Nokia uh, 310 or something. And, uh, and, and, and she, she didn't have a clue. And I didn't really have a clue either. But I had a look and was trying to make this phone pay for this Coke. And we couldn't. And the guy was going to leave the shop. And just as he was leaving the shop, something from within me said, I'll pay for your Coke. And he said, brilliant. And then he looked at all of them. And I said, I said, which one do you want? And I thought, I hope he goes for the can. <laughs> it's the cheaper one. He went for the bottle. <laughs> and I thought inside, oh gosh, how far do I need to go? Of course he could have the bottle. And I gave it to him. I paid for it. A really small thing. But do you know what happens when you do small things? You come closer to God. You become, wow, I feel really great. I was about to help this guy on a hot day buy a can of Coke. So I encourage you, if you don't catch anything from this service, uh, this, this talk at all, it's simply this. I want you just to catch yourself in the moment. How am I living? How do people see my life? Remember, we live in Britain and people don't talk much about other people so much. If you're, if you're married to a Yorkshire woman like me, if you said, I love you once, that's enough for the year, okay? It's probably the same, <laughs> she said it more than that. But, she said, but people don't say so much about, I see you're doing good things, but they will be recording them. You know, in all of this passage here, it's hard. It's some hard graft, to use a Liz Trust term there. But I want to leave with this story. There was these two missionaries, they were coming home, 50 years out in, in Africa, exhausted. There was no one meeting them on their, uh, from their plane. They were coming home, back to America. And on the next plane next to them, there was President Eisenhower. He had just gone from, uh, from Europe to America. And there was a fanfare, and everyone going, oh, wonderful president, you're so wonderful. These two missionaries, they were walking down the steps. No one was greeting them. And this man said to this woman, he said, no one has said anything about all the good things that we've done. We've been out serving. We have had no press. No one said anything. And there's this president getting all the fanfare for just going to Europe for a couple of days. The woman said to her husband, but honey, we're not home yet. We are not home yet. Friends, all the things that you have done wrong in your life, Jesus forgives and forgets. You will, he will, he throws them to the ends of the oceans. But all the things that you do for the least, for the smallest, for the broken, for those who can't get their lives together, he will remember forever. 
So I encourage you today that you are so influential. You are more influential than you could ever imagine. People are watching. So stay encouraged. Keep trustworthy. Keep passing those tests. And keep seeing this life, a temporary life, in the light of eternity. Where one day you will get your full reward. In Jesus' name. Amen. So let's say the grace together, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. And all God's people said, Amen.